You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Taiwan receives the PLA's cyber attentions, a look at what the Lazarus Group is up to, cryptocurrency fraudsters are arrested as altcoin values have a rocky ride, continuing U.S. hot water for ZTE and Huawei, GDPR-themed data extortion, business email compromise is up, so were ransomware attacks against U.S. city governments. And when is a ransomware attack not a ransomware attack? When it's just a protection racket. From the CyberWire studios at Datatribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, June 25, 2018. An increase in cyber operations directed against Taiwan is observed as China's policy toward what it regards as a breakaway province hardens. Cyber operations from the mainland against the island nation haven't really abated ever, but the Financial Times is reporting an increase in their tempo which it correlates with a starchier and more assertive regional policy from Beijing. Alien Vault examines malicious documents used by North Korea's Lazarus Group against South Korean targets. The documents are crafted as Hangul word processor files. Some of those Alien Vault researchers have looked through are directed against participants in recent G20 meetings. Others are connected with recent lootings of South Korean cryptocurrency exchanges. Police in Ukraine have arrested four young men on charges of running a fraudulent cryptocurrency exchange. Cryptocurrency mining and other forms of fraud exact a toll on altcoin values as the cryptocurrency markets continue to react to the recent wave of raids on exchanges. The extent to which the U.S. is offering ZTE any sort of lifeline seems likely to be much attenuated. Congress is on the warpath. Agencies are quietly advising companies to stop doing business with ZTE and Huawei, and the administration is working on a broad range of trade sanctions against Chinese tech firms and investment generally. The U.S. Secretary of Commerce, while pointing out dutifully that his department isn't really responsible for counterespionage, has agreed to a congressional request that Commerce evaluate the espionage risk ZTE poses. He'll get back to Capitol Hill with a full report. And the administration seems to be taking China's ambitions for technological dominance as a serious competitive threat. The Treasury Department is working on a set of sanctions and restrictions designed to stem the outflow of usable U.S. technology to China. ZTE itself obviously doesn't think it's out of the woods, and like the panda bear, some of its employees will have to go to the woods to do their business. Gizmodo reports that the Chinese device manufacturer has suspended planned repairs to some of the urinals in its facilities because management is unsure of their access to U.S.-made plumbing fixtures. We think this must be in some fashion related to a brain drain. 
Flush your caches elsewhere, folks, or so the suits appear to be saying. GDPR implementation has inspired a wave of data extortion scams. The TAD group warns that one such crime wave is hitting companies in Bulgaria. The extortionists threaten not encryption, but rather public release of personal data. The risk is exposure to potentially very heavy GDPR penalties. Business email compromise attacks appear to be rising. So too are ransomware attacks, especially against U.S. municipal governments. These enterprises are often poorly secured, and the lasting damage done to the city of Atlanta has put the fear of hackers into them. And finally, everyone has seen some old-school scareware pop-ups, right? We hear from some friends that they used to encounter scareware when they visited adult-themed sites in the course of their research. The pop-up usually said something like, Attention, attention, this is the Federal Bureau of the FBI, and we have detected you visiting illegal content on your computer. Pay your fine to us online, and your family need never know of your shame. Plus, also, too, you're infected with a virus or something as well. Well, something like that. Or so we hear, never actually having visited a sleazy adult site ourselves. The important thing to understand about old-school scareware is that it's all bark and no bite. It wasn't really the FBI. No one was going to shame you in front of your family, and no, your computer had not been infected by a virus or something else bad, as if you'd caught some sort of virtual STD. Well, this latest scam is a little like that, except there's no veneer of law enforcement. Instead, it's like an old-school protection racket right out of a movie about the mob. You know the scene. The poor but honest immigrant shopkeepers of a big-city mom-and-pop Usually in New York or New Jersey, well, they get a visit from the local mobsters. Mama and Papa are told, usually in these words exactly, Nice store you got here. Shame if something happened to it. In this case, a collection of skids calling themselves the WannaCry hack team is spamming people with the subject line, Warning! WannaCrypt! For emphasis, they've equipped their subject line with an escort of exclamation points, three to the left and three to the right as they march into your inbox. They haven't done anything to your data yet, they point out, but they could, and they will too if you don't pay them up front. Why, why, they'll infect you with that wannacry thing, Mama, that, that, that thing you've been reading about, Papa, unless you pay up. The choice is yours. Well, fortunately, it's an easy choice, Mom and Pop. These clowns are no more involved with WannaCry than your Uncle Louie, so just mark the email as spam and delete it. The spammers haven't got any more malware than they've got game. So kids, if you're listening, and we know you are, here's a good deed you can do. When Grandma or Grandpa, or both, or even all four of them, tell you in horror that they've been hit with that WannaCry thingamajig they read about in the paper, tell them you know all about it and that they can just delete the email and forget about it. They'd love you even more, if that were humanly possible, which, of course, it isn't. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program. Quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. 
You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com slash cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash cyber. In the dynamic world of enterprise security, identity architects and IT leaders face a major challenge. Growth by repeated acquisitions multiplies the complexity of everything. Multiple IDPs, MFA providers, policy engines that all need to coexist. This can lead to fragmented user identities and policies that create security vulnerabilities and add access friction. Strata Identity solves this. Now you can decommission unneeded IDPs and consolidate the ones you'd like to keep without rewriting apps or disrupting users, engineers, and app owners. Plus, Strata's modular architecture makes it easy to integrate with any identity provider without manual maintenance and coding. Join the ranks of cybersecurity leaders using identity orchestration. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your top identity security priorities, and receive a pair of complimentary AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Step into a new era of identity management at strata.io slash cyberwire. And joining me once again is Johannes Ulrich. He is from the Internet Storm Center Stormcast, the daily podcast from the Sands Institute. Uh, Johannes, welcome back. Um, crypto coin miners are still out there uh, doing their thing, and uh, you make the point that they're starting to be more evasive. Yes, uh, crypto coin miners certainly is of the number one malware that we're seeing out there and that's being installed on servers or client. Pretty much any vulnerability we're seeing these days is predominantly being exploited to install crypto coin miners. But the attackers have gotten better in hiding those crypto coin miners. The first crypto coin miners were very easy to spot. In some cases, they use so much CPU resources that they crashed some of the legitimate software that was running on the system. They also used connections to some very easy to enumerate mining pools. Now, what we have seen more recently is that attackers take advantage of crypto coin mining's parameters that allow them to limit how much CPU is being used. So they're just trying to use enough that it's still worthwhile crypto coin mining, but that it's less likely that the crypto coin miner is being discovered. Secondly, the backhaul where they're actually sending the data back uh, to the mining pool uses less and less uh, the standard mining pools. Uh, but uh, what these attackers do is they're essentially setting up sort of an equivalent of a proxy where the miner does connect to this proxy that's run by the attacker. So that's now a little bit more difficult to enumerate because they keep changing all the time. They're not publicly advertised uh, like the standard mining pools. Also, now it's easier for the attacker to use things like TLS to encrypt the data. So this makes it bit more difficult to really identify these infected systems. Now, other than, uh, you know, listening for the fans to spin up on your computer, what uh, what can you do to detect these? 
Well, anti-malware actually still works pretty well. Now, we always discount anti-malware as sort of, you know, catching yesterday's uh, exploits. But uh, the crypto coin miners I've seen so far are pretty well recognized. They're not really changing the code there too much. So that certainly helps. And, you know, of course, uh, good old software whitelisting, uh, that will help uh, because hopefully you don't have any crypto coin miners whitelisted in your network. Yeah, I've also seen a, a number of plugins available to, to look out for this, you know, Chrome plugins and things like yep. that. Do, do, are those effective? Uh, they're effective. Uh, they sort of take a little bit of signature approach where you're looking for you know, uh, like the standard uh, coin hive miners and the like. Uh, they, they work pretty well uh, at this point. Now, there are some approaches that sort of just uh, generically detect the use of crypto functions. JavaScript has a very elaborate uh, crypto library in uh, its recent uh, versions. But, uh, of course, those crypto functions, they're sometimes used legitimately, too. So I wouldn't really uh, go overboard here and just block all crypto in your, in your browser. Well, good advice as always. Johannes Ulrich, thanks for joining us. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for Cyberwire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The Cyberwire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Vaughn, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Ivan, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.